Hey everybody, welcome to the inaugural first of many, maybe first of one uh, off-season purgatory State of the League podcast. I am uh, fortunate to be joined today by fellow league mate and 2017 runner-up, Mike Simino. How you doing, Paul? I'm wonderful. How are you, sir? I'm good. Happy to be here. Glad to have you here. I um. You might think from me doing the intro there that I was in charge of this, but I'm actually going to lean on you pretty heavily. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought it would be kind of a fun uh, little, uh, could be a fool's errand, but it I, will uh, be a fool's errand. Well, yeah. not for us. This is this is as real as it gets. So, um, thought it'd be good to kind of look at uh, what happened in 2017, as bitter as I am, and uh, sort of take a look at where everyone stands here on a beautiful March sixth day while we're waiting on some snow to come here and uh you know kind of see where uh the league will take us in 2018 yeah i will just want to mention one thing this was going to be a triumvirate today but i texted bd 87 times and he never got back to me or said whether or not he could join i i texted so. him 44 times and he uh texted me back one picture of b arthur so mm. um th- i figured that was a no yeah I, I feel the same way and uh we should just get it out in the open right now but um, if anything about what's happening in BD's life affects the draft, he will be excommunicated from the league immediately. He's been warned okay. many times, Glad to hear. at least once. So, you know, interests in, in the auction league purgatory this time of year sometimes can be in a little bit of a lull, and we wanted to remind everybody that this is the best thing any of us have in our lives. Build up some excitement and uh, talk a little bit about last year for starters. So why don't, why don't we... Go there to begin. All right. Well, I, I think we should start off with a, uh, a hearty congratulations to uh, Tom Konimakis for winning his second uh, league championship uh, with a extraordinarily dominant performance, basically from wire to wire. Uh, I don't think we've seen domination like that in our league, maybe ever. Have you, Paul? It, I think it was the best fantasy team I've seen in ever, any league I've ever been in. And obviously this league, you can stack teams differently than a lot of the leagues we participate in. Yes. It was the combination of uh, surefire stars and getting a bit lucky in the draft was unlike anything I've ever seen. Well, what's interesting to me is that if you think back at this time last year, um, maybe even a little bit later, what Tom was grappling with was... Should he keep Le'Veon Bell and, at that point, reigning MVP Matt Ryan, and then sell Gordon uh, and Melvin Don Gordon Taylor. and DeAndre Hopkins, or should he kind of go more the long view and keep those guys? And he ended up selling uh, those guys and said, you know what, I'm just going to draft Kareem Hunt and Todd Gurley and uh, Alvin Kamara, even though I decided to be a moron and sell him. Yeah. It's the only misstep he made all year, so I had to make sure that it got on here. Because otherwise, he was perfect, just like his smile. Yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, the backs were untouchable. Um, he And he struggled a little bit at quarterback, didn't have the best quarterback performances. And he made that Kamara deal to get Dez, who didn't pan out. He had Tate early, who was looking good. Hogan early, who was looking good. Right, right. And some of these guys didn't, you know, kind of fizzled in the middle of the season or fizzled at the end of the season. And it just didn't matter because... Not the back, the backs and Zach Ertz, which was a, yeah, Ertz, a hell of a... Yeah, Ertz was big too, right? But, you know, Todd Gurley, I mean, he, he literally had the three top backs in fantasy football. And the fourth one is the guy he traded, and the fifth one was the guy he traded. So Who was fifth? Melvin Gordon. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So he, he, he knew what he was doing. That being said, looking at 2018, Tom is in a much different place. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking at his roster here, uh, it seems that he's going to have uh, really hurts. no decisions to make because <laughs> there's not a whole lot on his team worth a damn at this point. Yeah, he's keeping Zach Ertz two dollars. That's you know probably pretty good value. Yeah, he, he, that might be it. Yeah, yeah, that might be it. There's some guys that could be wishy washy here. I mean, I don't know. If so Lamar, Lamar Miller, at Lamar, Miller Lamar Miller at eighteen dollars. If he's indeed a starting running back makes sense, but uh, I don't know what he's going to be. There's been rumors that Houston might move on from him and go with Foreman and someone else. Yeah, I've heard the rumors. I think, you know, he, Lamar Miller's value was probably saved a little bit by the Foreman injury and subsequent legal trouble because the injury was so late in the season, he might be banged up early. Um, Lamar Miller also has, or Houston starting running back has the added value of what Deshaun Watson does that team, and sure. is Houston starting running back more valuable and more productive than 
I, I saw some stats. I don't know them offhand, but that um, Lamar Miller's production was demonstrably better when Deshaun Watson. He actually this had season. a surprisingly good year. If yeah. you look at his ranks, I want to say he finished as like the maybe the 16th uh, running back or something in that range. Yeah, which, but it was just every week he got six points. There was no like he. Well, he. It's funny because it was either six points, and I think he had two weeks where he was at like 20. There were none. There were no 11 point weeks that you kind of need to sustain you. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, been a bunch of garbage elsewhere through the roster. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, he does have multiple tight ends, which is fun. There's still a kicker on three the, of them. Yep. And yep, those are probably his three best keepers. Uh, I don't know about that. Zach Ertz, $2. Delaney Walker, $2. And Trey Burton, who everybody thinks is like the offseason darling. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where he goes. Yeah, I don't uh, think he has as much value as everybody thinks. but He has talent. But I don't know if that actually translates to fantasy value. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But Well, somebody else without quite as uh, positive an end of the year as Tom Kanamakos was involved in that championship matchup. Yeah. yeah. For Who's the, that? What, the third? Uh, th- third time in four third years. Third appearance in the finals for Michael Simino. Thir- third time in four years. Um, you know, this is a team, you know, aside from Tom, there was kind of a jumble of teams below him. And uh, I, I believe you got into the playoffs as the sixth seed? I was six and seven, yeah. I, I had a seven. really strong season, even despite selling my soul to get uh, uh, Antonio Brown back and, and uh, LaShawn McCoy, amongst others. And, um you know, it worked out like I hoped. It didn't work out exactly how I planned necessarily, but you know, as as we got into the playoffs, I kind of looked at my team like the uh, the 2016-2017 Boston Celtics, where you knew it had a ceiling, mm-hmm. and I was happy because I got to that ceiling, and uh, and then it all came crashing down once I hit a real team. So that's a good comparison. You know, I, I had told a lot of folks, yourself included in your position, kind of mid-season, before the trade deadline, hey, I might make the playoffs, I might not. And I, I hearkened back to my glory year of the season before. Yes. And just said, you know, my team wasn't... I had been in the finals, it was my third trip to the finals when I finally won. And I think it was the worst team I brought to the finals, and perhaps even lower than the teams that didn't make the finals. But, you know, I kind of got lucky at the right time in the playoffs. And I, I remember you kind of hemming and hawing about Antonio Brown and... and we weren't, nobody was really sure what Ben was going to do. And Tom's team just looked so dominant. Um, but I still think, you know, you, you kind of put your chips in the middle and, and hope that you get lucky that it didn't happen this year. Cause Tom's team was so dominant, but right. You know, somebody gets injured or, or love bell actually has a bad week and things are different. Yeah. And, and that was sort of my philosophy and I was almost waiting for someone else to kind of step up and make a move to help me determine what I wanted to do. And when nobody did that, I sort of took it upon myself to say, you know what, I might as well just uh, just go after it and uh, deal with, uh, you know, next year, next year, as right. a lot of teams tend to do sometimes. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the most painful part of your decision, right? So we've all been there before. You, you think that you got to go all in to make a splash this year. You pull the trigger, you go all in, you come up right. short, right? but you still went all in. So, you know, yeah. much like Tom, who went all in but reaped a pretty big benefit from it, you went all in and, and also have some roster issues this offseason. I do, I do, and and uh, you know I, I've done what I tend to do most years, which is uh, try to turn out what I can uh, from this roster to put myself in a position to be competitive uh, moving forward. So, um, you know, looking at it right now, it's it's fairly barren, uh, but you know there are a few pieces that that I think are are at least somewhat interesting uh, from a couple different perspectives. Yeah, I think you got a couple of um, stalwart, you know, 8 to 12 QBs on the cheap and Rivers and Ben. You know, you know they're never going to be the 20th best quarterback, but you probably know they're not going to be top five either. Um, ben certainly has that weekly upside. And, you know, Rivers, the arrow, seems to be pointing out just with the team. I'll tell you what, uh, Big Ben was kind of a throw-in in that, in that deal with Benny. And, uh he turned out to be a savior down the stretch for me. Yeah, so, um, you know, having the, the double points really, uh, really <laughs> and, helped. And then with kind of like the safe quarterbacks, you have a couple of, you know, young upside darlings too. And, and Cohen and Goodwin or, or great win, you know, people, people are chipping, ch- chipping, uh, Jimmy G's bust to Canton already. 
And, uh, you know, if you have that good of a quarterback, all of a sudden your number one receiver has got to have some value, right? Yeah, so. yeah, you'd think so. I mean, I'm interested to see what they do at that position. Um, you know, Pierre Garçon's going to be back. you got to think they'll probably try to bring in someone else uh, as well. So he's interesting. You know, I think Cohen's pretty good. He was really good every time he touched the ball last year, and because he played for John Fox, he touched the ball like 12 times. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. But uh, we'll see. You know, I, I uh, that was my I, biggest takeaway with Cohen is that they have a football coach there now. <laughs> I, uh, well, Daisy, Daisy agrees. With Big fan of Tariq Cohen. Um, <clears throat> you know, they haven't had a coach there since Lovey Smith. They have a coach now, and I think that you got to look think? around the league a little bit. And look at the success of guys like Kamara and Chris Thompson and and the players similar to Cohen and say, okay, we weren't sure these guys could get this many touches or be this successful, and maybe they can. I mean, well, Deion Lewis is doing it. Yep. Alvin Kamara is doing well, it. Well, new, new coach Matt Nagy, who coached Tyreek Hill, said he sees a lot of Tyreek Hill yeah. in Cohen. So I'm hoping that that uh, – you know, that and, bears out. And, you know, from bears out. NFL, Do you hear that? That uh-huh, bears, bears out. Because <laughs> they're dub bears. Right. Um, I will say as a as a NFL critic of the move that the Bears made to get Trubisky, it, it, I just think they gave up too much value to go up and get this guy that might have been available to them anywhere in the draft. But he looked like a competent NFL quarterback when he got into things last year. So, you know, it's not to say that they don't have a young you know, next Jared Goff or Carson Wentz or somebody waiting in the wings. Yeah, I think it's too early to tell, and I think they're going to do what they can this offseason to um, give him more ammo uh, around him that, you know, he can put the, the ball in people's hands and let it go so he's not doing it all. So, right. But, uh, you know, I, I, I will say that uh, my roster is still in flux and, and, and very available uh, for the right price. So, yeah, the... The availability of players seems pretty rampant this time of year, but it's it's tough to get buy-in from folks to make decisions so early, which you know becomes a sticking point for me because people just don't know how to manage their budget appropriately, and you know they get stuck in these situations of having people or people not being available. So I'm glad you mentioned that your roster is available because maybe we can pique some interest in some of these guys that you know certainly have some promise for 2018. Yes, indeed. So, I mean, the title teams aside, are there things about the season that stuck out to you? Are there rosters that, you know, you thought had huge mistakes or shining moments? That... Um, well, I think, I think some of the things for me that, that just, you know, if I, when I think about the 2017 season, you know, obviously I think of the draft. That's always kind of the, one of the high watermarks there. Right. I think of uh, Billy drafting two quarterbacks and then selling one five minutes later for $10 less than he drafted him for as, as just a shrewd move <laughs> right. um, that you and know, the pride he had in the move beyond reproach. So, yeah. um, you know, so as the beneficiary of that, I was, I was pretty happy with that, that shrewd piece of management there. Uh, we'll get to, which was great. just while we're talking about the draft, we'll get to some current deals later in the podcast, but you know, my biggest memory from the draft involved myself and, uh, and you and your anger at me backdooring some text messages to BD to acquire one Amir Abdullah for the low price of 65 draft dollars. Yeah. And as somebody struggling with budget, <laughs> looking for a chief long-term running back, I thought, this guy Amir Abdullah is going to be the best Muslim football player ever. Well, I targeted him. I'm going after him. And I just packaged him in a deal to get a player probably of lesser talent just so somebody would take Abdullah off my roster. I, I knew that day that it was going to be my dying wish to get Amir Abdullah on my <laughs> roster, and damn it, six months later, there you go. I did it. So, uh, you know, sometimes... I just needed him books. off my roster, so I needed him off my roster <laughs> as badly as I needed Amar, Ahmad Bradshaw off my roster. Like, uh, there's some guys you just can't have. I hear you. So, yeah, that that, that was uh, that was quite the moment. Some uh, other moments in the draft, you know... Um, we have a friend who doesn't like us as much as he likes concerts. So we had our first remote draft attendee. That we was did. I was very fearful of this, and it was more painless than I thought it was going to be. It, it, it worked out fine. I wouldn't encourage it to happen again. No, no, please don't go anywhere on, on whatever um, that date is. There but. was a pretty good, probably reasonable, I, I can't really speak to the reason behind it, but there was a pretty good blow-up by Smitty over me asking to pause the draft at one point. Mm. He was not too happy about this. No, he he wasn't. You know, uh, <laughs> timeouts have to be regulated he a little bit more. Shit. So, uh, you know, I don't think he got the player in question, which 
probably further anger. Oddly him. enough, I don't think I got him either. I think I called the timeout trying to negotiate some more money so I could afford the player, and then somebody else. I feel like in. I feel like Ben might have snaked him, whoever it was, but. Uh, I, I remember Jimmy throwing out a silly, ridiculous number for Kelvin Benjamin that mm. everyone kind of gasped. Um, I'm sure BD made a, a, a move where he threw out a guy and nobody bid on him. Uh, yeah. th- that, that seems to be a, a popular one for him. It's a good BD move. So, uh, you know, it took about 18 minutes until Odons declared that he hated this draft like he does every year. Yeah. So, it, it was an interesting draft, too, because we talked a little bit about... Um, we talked a little bit about, you know, Tom dumping some of those big players in the offseason, and, and right. the beneficiary of a lot of people dumping players in the offseason was Billy. And it was interesting going into the draft um, that so many big-name players had already been, like, ruled out. Like, I think OBJ was hurt by the draft already. If not, it was shortly thereafter. Was it, was it pre-draft or...? That seems like so long ago. But, I mean, David Johnson got, like, it, the draft was shaken up quite a bit by some well, huge name players. Well, the whole season was. Well, Spencer Ware got hurt the night before. Edelman, yeah. Edelman had been hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, there were, you know, maybe not, like, the elite of the elite, but some big-name guys that, you know, would well, have. I, I'd, I'd dare say that the story of the NFL in 2017 is big-name injuries, and yeah. that translates to fantasy because, you know, they weren't big-name injuries on... I mean, there probably were, but on the D-line or offensive linemen, they were huge playmaking signature players of the NFL that missed significant amounts of time. Yeah, I think the most... Obviously, you don't like to see anyone like that, but I feel like the most disheartening injury was about week six, week seven, when Deshaun Watson went down in practice because he had about a three or four week stretch where it's like, wow, this guy is the next guy. And then, oh, crestfallen. And and then, you know, a few weeks later, same thing happens to Carson Wentz, who seems like the next guy. And it's like, oh, another ACL. And you just, uh, you just hope that everyone gets better uh, so that, you know, they can win us money. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. I was a guy who was all in on keeping Andrew Luck last year and pedaling him all I could. Didn't throw football. Still hasn't. It's been two years. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. You know, the one thing I will say about Deshaun Watson is I knew probably around week four when BD claimed him on waivers that it wasn't going to last. True. It wasn't going to last. Yes, no, and, and, and I, I uh, have to apologize to Carlos Hyde, who was a very big part of my run uh, this year for trading him to BD's roster you know, essentially rendering him worthless uh, for the rest of his career. So Yeah, that was the only saving grace of Tom dealing Kamara is it didn't go to somebody who will capitalize on his skills. It went to somebody who will That's ruin right. his career forever. That's right, yes. So Poor Alvin Kamara. Well, Alvin Kamario, the guys on Football Guys Call. I love that nickname. Yeah. Do, 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 he, he is fast and shifty and, and a plumber. So yeah. <laughs> it, it works. Um, but I, I think just in general, the the the, uh, the trade deadline always makes for a very uh, interesting couple of days, and I think that uh, the memory I have is getting flooded with um, some not so nice things by people after I made a trade with Ben, uh, because one they were upset that I got these uh, these players. To augment my roster. This was AB and... Yeah, this was the Antonio Brown deal where Ben decided to sell. Mm. And, uh... While he was in second place, I think, or...? I believe so, yes. Yeah. So... So, yeah, I... You know, it's funny, because the, the trades... Like, I sold really early. My team was pretty terrible. I ended up not rostering a defense and kicker for, I want to say, 12 of the 13 weeks. A very popular move in I some I think I ended circles. up winning three or four matchups and was very close in many others. And it, it just spoke to, besides Tom, how the disparity in the league this year. And yep. Somebody like Ben in second place, selling a roster that looks great on paper and is performing pretty well. And it might have been the right decision. Yeah. yeah. I know people are criticizing you for it in the heat of it, and it, it might have seemed pretty stupid. But he wasn't beating Ben. So he got some money out of the deal instead mm-hmm. of doing it. Uh, why people people unleash the wrath on you for completing that? Uh, I was told that uh, people couldn't talk to me uh, for a little while after that as they were still sort of processing everything. Well, I'll and, tell you that that was just before the trade deadline. I believe I had two or three wins when it was happening. Ben was in second place, and I was one of the people that almost bought the people. I know. 
So um, I don't fault your side of it either for buying these guys. And, you know, you thought the names might pan out. There was a bunch of leagues I was in. I was doing the same thing. I was buying DeMarco from guys before the trade deadline. And these guys, I just figured, oh, eventually they'll come around. And yeah. Boy, were we wrong. We were. So, but it was uh, it, it was a good year. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I can't believe that, you know, uh, I mean, I thought the year was over in, in July. Once the OBJ trade was made, and Billy you know, mentioned that it was over as well, I th- I thought it was over. That's every everything I heard, and uh, I was surprised that it wasn't. So, you know, um, hopefully we can kind of carry some of this momentum from 2017 on into into this season. And um, you know, looking at the the roster sheet here, um, you know, kind of take some stock into what some of these teams look like. You know, you're looking at the roster sheet here, and if you have to pick a team that you think's in pretty good shape moving forward, you know, who do you like here? Well, I think that the the teams that have separated themselves from the pack are Billy and Jimmy. Okay. Um, I think there are some teams that have separated themselves from the pack in the opposite direction, which are probably... I don't know. Maybe Smitty's in a rough place. Tommy's in a rough place. Yeah, but Smitty at least has a lot of capital uh, to play with. Yeah. And he's got some interesting guys. I think what's going to be most interesting is if he he basically has two high-priced guys in his roster, and Derrick Henry and, and Sammy Watkins. And, uh, you know, with Watkins maybe not going back to the Rams, and uh, Henry maybe being a feature back now, you got to wonder if, if he keeps one of those guys and then compliments him with uh, some of these other young guys. Alex Collins might be something. Funches, Henry, yeah, I will you know, say, Juju. So he's got some some interesting pieces for sure. I saw some news today. It doesn't necessarily mean he won't be back with the Rams. The Rams are not franchising Sammy Walker. Correct. They franchise the safety today. Yeah, LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, so not to say he won't be back because I don't know what the market – you know, it's funny because he took a prove-it deal and then kind of was a piece of a good team, but – I don't know that he proved anything. Well, it's just funny because, you know, you, you go back to uh, the 2017 offseason and it's like, oh, you know, Sammy's really, really good. He's just never healthy. And now it's like, oh, well, he's healthy. He just sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you don't really know what he is at this point. And I have a hard time believing he's going to be kept at 27. But if he goes, say he signs in, oh, I don't know, uh, Green Bay or something like that. All of a sudden, look at his value. Maybe he replaces Jordy there or something right. like that. So I think it depends where he ends up. You'd think he would have pretty good volume in uh, in L.A., and it just didn't seem to seem to work out, save for a few games. So. so Smitty, because of the money and because of some youth and some high-priced guys, there's some flexibility. Yep. Um, Gags, you know, really low on money. Has Tom Brady. Does. Landry, who knows where he'll end up. Right. Dion Lewis, who the arrow's pointing way up on. And then some, you know, Crabtree and maybe a couple question marks, but not a lot of funds no. to really make anything happen. No, and, and you know, Gags, that seems to be the case every year. It's it's He's low on funds. He makes a deal to get a little bit more and then manages to piece it together. I think this year he had Christian McCaffrey, who, who seemed to pan out okay. Um, you know, and he, he just made it. And made himself a competitive team as he always does. Yeah. So, yeah, he went. I think McCaffrey and Mixon this year, right? Yeah, he Mixon was the other one. That's correct. That's correct. Yep. The rookie guys. Um, but it'll be interesting to see this year. Like, is this the year that he says, uh, you know, I'm going to move Brady for 50 bucks to a contender and kind of get some more capital to go after some of those tweener guys to fill out the roster? Sure, sure. Because um, he's got Stafford on there for two bucks as well. Hmm. Um, I think that Ben's in a rough spot. I mean, he, he was the beneficiary of the Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck kind of like waiver contests. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers at $18, obviously a tremendous value, but, you know, it limits his ability to go out and get any big ticket guys. It, it you know, throws T.Y. Hilton out the window for him. Right. And he's got some guys that I, I think are good, but, you know, not sh- sure things. You know, Allen Robinson could be a stud again, might not be. Latavius Murray is probably useless. There's some younger guys and Zay Jones and Robert Woods that you know we don't the the jury's still out on them. I don't know. He has Calvin Johnson on his roster. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is, you know, uh, if if we start playing 2013 rules again, then uh, I think he's in pretty good shape. Hey, I'll tell you this right now. I, there was an entire year that I kept Marshawn Lynch in my roster, and it was the <laughs> wrong year. He came back the year after, and um, 
That's uh, I was a big advocate. I believe when we did our preseason rankings last year before the season started, that's what preseason means. Yes. I had Calvin Johnson ranked pretty high because I was confident he was coming back, so maybe I was just a year off again. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm waiting for you to pick up Randy Moss again because it seems to be every year. That well, especially Jerry Rice this year, right? Oh, that's true. Jerry yeah, Rice he wants talking to make about a comeback. comeback. Yeah, so maybe it is Jerry. Um, so I think Ben's team's pretty bad. I think that Odon's is in the same situation he always is in, where he's kind of like right around the right amount of draft money. Yeah. Got a couple of guys that are like decent. Well, but, obviously the question with his him his roster, pardon me. Is he keeping Gronk? Is if one, is he keeping Gronk and two, is Gronk even gonna be a football player? Right. So forty one dollars, so it's a tough keep regardless. You know, and sp- I mean, he's the biggest difference maker in all of fantasy. But forty one bucks with you know, he's got Russ at eight that I'd I'd have a tough time getting rid of. That's forty nine right off the bat. Um, yeah, but if you look at his roster, that's pretty much all you'd want to keep anyway. Yeah, so. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to keep both defenses. Um, <laughs> Cooper Cup, but you yeah, know, Cup, you're not going to turn down okay. Russ or Gronk for that. So he's probably keeping both of them. Yeah. So then he's left 150 bucks to draft with, but pretty much a, bar- a barren roster, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think that's about it. I think I'm in... in not the greatest shape. We've kind of touched I think on you that. And, yeah, I think the teams we mentioned are kind of lower on the scale, and then you and me are the last two teams that are kind of lower on the scale. Well, you you have some money, and you have a lot of number three receivers. So, Well, I was talking to Jimmy about this the other day, and I said a lot of number five receivers, so I appreciate the number three. Yeah, no, I mean, Doxon almost by default has to be a number three receiver on his roster, and I mean, Robbie, not going into this as, as long as Robbie Anderson isn't getting in fights with cops and you know, tell him that he's going to nut in his wife's eye, then they're fine. But what what I like about my team is that there's guys that I've never seen play football who I'm in love with. <laughs> like I think that Corey Davis is going to be a, an absolute stud. Yeah, you're, and I think that from one playoff game against the Patriots, yeah. where he lit up. I think it was Malcolm Butler because for some reason Gilmore wasn't on him. And Malcolm Butler's not even good enough to play for our team, so no, I don't know why not. I was impressed by that. He's not. No, you um, and you love Kenny Galladay. You have to love Kenny. I love I love Kenny J. Um, the the smooth, soothing sounds of Kenny J. He is. Um, I I do like Mike Williams from a talent standpoint quite a bit, but you know that that situation in San Diego has become so muddied because if Keenan Allen is healthy and they seem to really like uh, what's his name Tyrell Williams. Uh, they didn't last year, but yeah, he's still a factor. He he he, he didn't have as much production, but he's still definitely a factor there. And they got the tight end uh, Hunter Henry. Hunter they Henry. throw him the backs. You know, it's something. Travis I Benjamin. Just, I see, you can't. Keenan Allen's a number one. If he's healthy, he's a true number one. And I don't see how you kind of get a guy in who missed a bunch of the season. But I think he had two targets this year, Mike Williams. I think he might have played like seven games. Yeah, he had two targets. Yeah. So. You know, who knows what's up with that. I mean, I like the idea of Evan Ingram. I like some of my backs that have upside. But, you know, you always need to – the the quandary I'm going to have is which of these lottery tickets am I holding on to and which ones am I not? Well, and I think once the NFL draft happens in, in two months, um, you'll probably get a little bit more clarity on some of them. Uh, you know, it sounds like Frank Gore – is gone. Uh, I think he's actually been released uh, yeah. by the Colts, or will be when the when the league year starts. Um, so right now, Marlon Mack at eighteen bucks looks terrific. But right. do they draft someone in the second round that they have high hopes for? So well, I was, you know, I, I want to keep doing what we're doing as far as roster deconstruction. But just because we're talking about Marlon Mack specifically, I, I had a conversation with James the other day after the after I acquired Noshawn Marino from you, which we'll talk about <laughs> a later on <laughs> about. The state of running back in the NFL right now. Sure. Because I, I agree with you that I like Marlon Mack's value. And um, I was planning on keeping him kind of regardless of the cost because I thought the situation really made sense. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the, I thought, all oh, the draft might affect this. Then Jimmy and I had this conversation, and he was like, well, why do you want Booker and Marino? They're in the same team. And I said, oh, Marino's getting cut, and he's a good running back. So for, for the record, he's referring to C.J. Anderson as Sean Marino. Oh, I am? Yes. Yeah. So I didn't acquire Sean Marino. I acquired <laughs> C.J. Anderson. That's the same exact player to me. So I said, well, C.J. Anderson's going to be somewhere good next year, not in Denver with Booker. So I'm going to have the Denver starting running back in Booker. That's fantastic. I might just call him Sean Marino. <laughs> I thought it was a joke, and then you kept going with it. So I was like, wow, he's really committing to this joke. <laughs> but, you know, we started to talk that this season, and I'm probably missing some, that Frank Gore, Dion Lewis, Jeremy Hill, 
C.J. Anderson, Doug Martin, LeGarrette Blount, Jonathan Stewart, Adrian Peterson, DeMarco Murray, maybe Latavius Murray, Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy, Chris Ivory, a bunch of good rookies coming in. At least the people are saying the draft's pretty running back deep with Saquon and stuff. Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. Maybe Lamar Miller. Yeah. The availability of productive, like, viable running backs is crazy. So it wouldn't even surprise me. Like, you know, I know Ivory was on that list and he signed with Buffalo today, which I think is a pretty good fit for him. Yeah, yeah. And I think that doesn't really hurt Shady that much. Um, nope. But it wouldn't surprise me if Indy just says, you know what, we're not sure Marlon Mack's the man, but if we just go grab Carlos Hyde or, you know, Jeremy Hill, because I don't think these guys are going to get paid. I mean, I know Jeremy Hill won't. But, you know what I mean, they might just get another complimentary, like, two down back and say, okay, we're going to kind of split the reps between these yeah, guys. Yeah, I think, I think the only guy guy or guys that will get paid are the ones that people think can be a dynamic force that gives them something else uh, that they can't just go pluck in the draft. And I think that's Dion Lewis. I think to some degree it's Hyde because I think he, can, he showed uh, some pass-catching ability this year. Uh, but after that... Burkhead... Yep, but I still think Burkett's going to be kind of short money. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, I could see these guys who think they're going to get paid signing these one-year deals. Like Doug Martin is probably thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get paid. I'm out of my rookie deal. I'm going to go get paid." He's not. I could see him in Indy on a four million dollar one-year deal. Doug, Doug Martin's not getting paid. There's right. No way. Right. I know, but you know what I mean. Like these guys who you've seen show flashes could just end up somewhere and totally change the running back landscape. And there's going to be guys like Peterson and Demarco that might have trouble getting a job. Yeah. And you're like, these guys could, I mean, I guess the, we don't know if Peterson can still produce, but he did a couple times last year. And DeMarco was a season removed from being the leading rusher in the NFL. And the, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The problem is, too, is that the way that the game has kind of evolved, if you're going to be a productive running back in the league now, you can't really be based on volume. And some of those guys that and straight you mentioned, high and, yeah. yeah, you know, Peterson to some degree, Murray, although he catches the ball a little bit. Like, you know, you can't get in a rhythm and get your 25 carries a game. Like, if you're getting more than 12 carries a game or more than even 12 touches a game, that's pretty good this day and age. So you got to be a lot more efficient, a lot more dynamic. And uh, so those kind of one-trick ponies, unless unless you're getting a goal line LeGarrette Bump that's going to score 12 touchdowns, right. the value is just not there for some of these guys. Well, and those that value is there from a fantasy standpoint. But even for an NFL team, I don't think the LeGarrette Blount's well, it, it took him took him till training camp last year to sign, for, right. didn't it? So, um, I will say though, he's better at football than JJ. I don't understand the JJ. Well, he has two knees, which JJ doesn't. <laughs> so that's valid. that's uh, and three Super Bowls, I believe. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> uh, well, Corey Clement's still the best back on that roster. That's true. Um, so we kind of talked about you and Tommy a little bit. So we'll gloss over them, and then I think we're left in. Let's let's start with Ralph, I guess, um, for the next tier. Yeah, probably the most surprising thing that's happened—not probably, but the most surprising thing that's happened in the past eighteen months—is Ralph dealing DJ a couple weeks ago. Um, it changed the outlook of his roster. We might talk about the trade in a little bit, but yeah, we'll get deeper into the trade uh, in a little he, bit. But looking at specifically what is left on the roster. He's got uh, some money. He has money to play with. Um, he's got, theoretically, a decent trio of receivers, Jeffrey, Devontae Adams, and if Julian Edelman comes back, you'd think he'd be at least a, a fairly reliable, you know, flex yeah. kind of option. So, and I got the Sanu was pretty good this year, too. For $2, it's, you know, yep. one of those guys you need on your roster. That's right. Players, or three or four. That's right, and, uh, you know... He thinks he has the best roster because he has the most handsome quarterback in the history of the NFL on there now. Well, I don't know if he's more excited about the most handsome quarterback or the best kicker in football because he loves himself some <laughs> Greg Zerline. Yeah. yeah. Well, he does have two kickers, so he can choose. And and the other one just signed today in Graham Gano. Well, he did ask me at some point this offseason if we could add kicker to the flex position so he could start them both, <laughs> but I declined this request. Uh, um, that, that should go to a vote. So that's true. Um, you know, but the backs are pretty thin without... DJ points two points. Um, you know, Gillisley looked like he was going to be great or have some value. Gore, who knows if he's on a team. Forte just retired. Um, yeah, not that, a lot there from a back standpoint. But he's got the money to buy a back. You, you know, know if, he, if he takes this roster and buys left bell, it looks a lot different. You're not an Orleans Darkwood believer? As a Wayne Gallman owner, I am not an Orleans Darkwood okay, believer. Okay, that's fair. Um, and, and I'm getting scared shitless that they're going to be the team that takes Saquon Barkley because I kind of buy Gallman 
being like that kind of Dalvin Cooky guy. I don't think he's Dalvin Cook's talent, but you no, know, if they give doesn't. him that kind of volume, I'd be pretty excited with it. I don't think Dark was anything. No, he he's he's Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is what right. he is. But um yeah, Barkley's certainly making the case to go maybe even before number two. Yeah. He looked pretty damn good in the combine. All right, so that leaves us with four teams, and I, I do think that Jimmy and Billy are in a, a different tier than BD and Dan, but I think BD and Dan are cut above the rest of these rosters we talked about. Today. All right, let's take a look at BD. The most money in the draft, three hundred sixty-two dollars. Which well, yeah, he, he actually make some noise he actually that. has three thirty-six. Okay, um, but still the most money. Still the most money. Three hundred thirty-six dollars, <laughs> um, paired with the number five running back from last year, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. And Corey Clement, who we talked about, who's got a bunch of upside. Burkhead, who, if he's still in the past, probably is decent. And he just acquired Carlos Hyde, who was, like, what, the number eight running back last year? Uh, number 11. Number 11. Mm-hmm. So we don't know where Hyde will end up. I think there's a chance he's back in San Francisco. Yep. Which is probably a good situation That for would him. probably be the best for him. You'd think they'd probably address their offensive line a little bit more. So some running back depth and flexibility. Then he's got Aglor, who showed flashes. Marvin Jones, who was... You know, pretty legit number he one. He was like the number eight receiver last yeah. year, Marvin Jones. There's some mouths to feed there, so uh, I'm not sure how it pans Marvin, out. Marvin Jones Jr. I don't want to get anyone confused with his yeah. father. Is that a boxer? I don't know. I think um, it's Marvin Hagler. And he has Golden Tate, too, at 14. I don't know if he's going to end up on the roster. but So some receiver flexibility. Yep. Um, and Deshaun and Watson. Deshaun Watson. So it's pretty good. He's like, got Deshaun Watson twice, according to the sheet, which is double good. Because apparently wait, I don't know how to manage a roster sheet. Is that a... Uh, some bad double points joke to be had there. No, only Marcus Mariota can get double points that way. <laughs> good point. Um, so yeah, no, he's in. He's in. And just the amount of money too. So he's got a pretty balanced roster. He's got a good amount of money. He will absolutely fuck it up. Oh yeah. But if you oh, if yeah. I put any other name at the top of this roster, I'd be scared of it. True. It just says BD at the top, so I'm not worried about it at all. Nor, nor should you be. It so. wouldn't surprise me if up like he jerks off to Deshaun Watson and Alvin Kamara all summer. And the night of the draft sells them for like twenty dollars to somebody. Package deal for Adrian Peterson. You mean like like he did with Amir Abdullah? Yeah, it was really dumb at the time. Yeah, it was very smart. He's much smarter <laughs> than me. Uh, you know, looking at Dan's roster, he's got Same thing. A lot he's of balanced. Yeah, he's got a lot of you know. Obviously, he's got cash and he's got uh, some high end talent there uh, with Keenan Allen being kind of the uh, the focus there. Ingram. Um, you know, Ingram, who, despite New Orleans' best efforts, just continues to produce. And uh, he looked as fresh as he'd ever looked at the end of the season, thanks to the Kamara addition. Uh, they got a good offensive line. He, he's a very, very good building block uh, at this point. Um, you know, I don't think Brandon Cooks probably stays on the roster, just based on his uh, production and cost. Uh, but he's certainly an intriguing guy. You know, he had such a down year that... He still finished as like the thirteenth. Yeah, best, I, uh, I don't like this roster as much now that I'm looking at it more. It's good, but I don't know if I I think he's as good as those other. Well, Jor- Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed's really the tough one because he's got the ability to be number one at, at his position. Yep, number one. Yeah, Greg Oden is, has the possibility of being a really good basketball player too. I know, I know. Uh, and Cousins, who knows where he'll end up, but probably in a good situation for six bucks. But then that leaves us with two. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Billy's moves last offseason to kind of put him in this position, and he sprinkled that with some additions this year, and Josh Gordon, and um, I don't know, Tommy Rawls will ever be a thing. But you know, he, he's got Isaiah Crowell, people seem to like. I don't know why. Tyree no, Kill, he's, he's terrible. Tyree Kill, who's fantastic at football. OBJ, who's fantastic at football. Travis Kelsey, who should be in an asylum, but he's pretty good at football. Keelan yeah, Cole, he's, he's got a lot of loose cannons on this blood. team. Yeah, it's a, it's a very billion team. Josh Gordon, loose cannon. Yeah, he's got Melvin a lot of criminals Gordon, on this stud, team. Michael Thomas, stud. Yeah, I, 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 let me be the first to say that I was... Um, I underestimated uh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, yeah. I, I did not think he was as high-end as he has been. Uh, he certainly looks the part. So. Well, it was interesting, too, because a lot of... Like, I was a guy who was in on Michael Thomas really early, but a lot of that was because of the Drew Brees New Orleans Saints offense. And they kind of tweaked their offense, and he still produced. Yeah. You know, they kind of went to more of a traditional, we're going to have a number one, and it's going to be Michael Thomas. Well, I didn't think he was as efficient as he was. Right. So, that was my problem there. So, But I'm just a stacked roster and 300 bucks. 
you know, he's got the third most money, I think, and he's in pretty good shape. And a bunch of young, cheap guys. Yep. He should have a fairly quiet offseason, I would think. I would think so, too. Unless he can dump a Jai on somebody. But he loves him too much. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's not going to dump him. He's too good. And that brings us to uh, James Robert Troop, a member of the Orange Jacket Committee. Well, the the, the most interesting the most interesting thing about this roster is that, but he's got, he can only keep like three people. He's really got four guys that he should be able he should be keeping. It's Freeman, Hopkins, Jordan Howard, and David Johnson. Yeah, he's not keeping Devonta Freeman. I can tell you that right now. I know he can't. That's what oh, I'm saying. Okay. I'm trying to so get there's four there. guys that he could keep. But those, he those are four like shoe in high level guys that he should keep. He can't physically afford all four of those guys. So, so he's he, going to have to make a decision. Yeah, so on, he just paid a boatload for David Johnson, so he's keeping him. He but, paid a small boatload. It sure. was like a canoe load. Right. Like, it wasn't It wasn't like a huge boatload, like, you know, maybe a maybe a little raft. You know, if, if Ralph is right, which I don't think he is, and Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, the next Aaron Rodgers, then that deal will look probably bad for Jimmy in the future, but I just think Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy. He's yeah. a, a, comp- a good NFL quarterback, but I don't think a fantasy um, have you seen what he's done in seven starts? This is true. Um, so he's keeping David Johnson. I can't imagine a scenario in which he's getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. So nope. it's 30 bucks off the bat. And there's no way he's giving up Jordan Howard for $3. Nope. Nope. So it's $33, and Devonta ends up being the odd man out because he couldn't keep even two of those guys if Devonta was one because he's got the $21. Right. And there. he's got some semi-interesting guys. I mean, um, Chris Carson, if he comes back... Uh, that seems to be a mess of a bad I have deal. a prediction. that I think Chris Carson is good at football, and I didn't think that Christian Michael was good at football. Right. But I think Chris Carson might be Jimmy's new Christian Michael. He might just be the guy Ooh. that's on his roster every year that never actually plays football. We'll see. That's not a bad – I think yeah, that's a It's going to happen with to... one of these guys. He's going to keep one of these guys forever, and they're never going to play football. That's true. That's true. But, like, Fat Rob could be a thing. No. No, he's awful. Well, I have P. Ryan, so I'm hoping that he's out of the mix. Oh, well, the problem is he's awful, awful, too. And I have Chris Thompson. He's not awful. He's but. just tiny. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not a Moncrief guy, but some people seem to really like him. Uh, Anunua was kind of an interesting pickup at the end. He, he was productive. Yeah, I He's don't buy still it. a Jet, but... Yeah, I was in on Anunua kind of when he was spiking. I was like, oh, I'm going to keep him next year and all this stuff. But they've actually had some receivers... Emerge now. Like, Curse was pretty well last year. Yeah. Robbie Anderson was pretty good. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Uh, Safarian Jenkins is a thing again. You know what I mean? So I think that when Anuma had his role, yeah, they he was did, the only thing going. They did draft our Darius Stewart in the second round last year, who they really liked too. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that all shakes out uh, with the Jets and if they get Kirk Cousins, because that's a big, um, a big thing too. So I don't know exactly what. Uh, what that's going to be, but you know, if Peterson lands in a good spot, maybe that's something else. I yeah. don't know. So J- Jimmy definitely has uh, a lot of good things going for him right now. Yeah. So yeah, I, you know, I think that's a pretty good summary of where everybody's at. Um, you know, there's a lot subject to change as the offseason continues. But, I agree. I agree. But you know, a couple of things that we touched on. And we'll do them in reverse order of importance. Where that a couple of deals have already been made, even though we're just at the beginning of March. Yeah. And I would say moving them in reverse order of importance. The first one would be the Nosham Marino deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, I got a couple of a curiosity texts about why I'm acquiring CJ Anderson for 15 bucks in February. And why are you, Paul? So I'm a believer in CJ Anderson's talent. I think that you know. Whenever he's had an opportunity, he's pretty much produced with it. He has seems to struggle with health a little bit. And I think that he's like 25 years old and is still going to get a chance somewhere. I, I looked it up. He is currently 26. 26. And he will be 27, I think, either during the season or during camp. But okay. relatively, he's not 30. Right. You know, he, He's still a relatively young man, even in uh, running back uh, years. And I think he's a guy that you know, some teams might feel like, okay, I've seen him get the workload and we can give it to him. And I don't think he's going to demand a bunch of money, even though, you know, Miami was willing to pay him with the ass last year. Um, so maybe some teams still will. But I just could see him landing in a situation with the Jets or Indy or Seattle. Uh, I don't know about that offensive line. That I, I think that the Broncos are going to move forward with Booker. They seem to like Booker quite a bit. 
Um, but I think he'll get his opportunity. And if he does, I don't think I can replace the value he'll provide for $15 in the draft. Hmm. But, you know, still, it's yeah, a lot I mean, of questions with his landing spot and kind of what happens. With I mean, you and I, you and I talked about that, too, is that the, the money was what it was because of the, the amount of risk right. both ways. Like, if he ends up in a great spot, then I probably sold him low. Right. But if he ends up in a three-headed monster in Philly or something like that, yeah. then... Even if he stays in Denver, I think it's probably a pretty even split. Yeah. Then maybe it's it's it is what it is, and you know I don't know that he has the upside. I think he's sort of volume based to some degree, but yeah, he's probably going to be the red zone uh, goal line guy. You would think he's yeah. he's kind of that physical type runner. Um, so you know I wish you the best of luck. I will take my Amir Abdullah that I've been seeking for you know six months now and my 15 dollars and probably apply it to some shitty green bay receiver because i like to do that so yeah. well i think the geronimo that, allison here we come the money in your situation becomes paramount important you know you got to find some way to just get some cap flexibility well speaking of which that's why you know i decided to trade carlos hyde one because yeah. i probably wasn't going to keep him anyway and uh secondly Not you wouldn't keep him just because the cap hit just because of the cap hit and uh, you know I'm going to probably end up keeping Antonio Brown, right. despite his high number. Um, he might return value. So, oh, he'll return value. He always He's does. Pretty good at football. He always does. So, uh, although you know, if a Godfather offer comes along, I'm not going to deny it necessarily. So, well, I think the other thing with Hyde that we touched on at the beginning of the podcast is that you got to get these guys moving early before people start to tie up their cap. Because before you know it, somebody's fallen in love with three or four guys for five bucks each, and they say, "Oh, I don't, I only have thirty bucks of space left, and Hyde's thirty-two. And how many teams are going to be able to afford them?" And you got to kind of move them while you can. Oh, for sure, and that's why I was probably irrationally aggressive uh, with him at the beginning. But uh, you know, he's a good back. I mean, he was the eleventh back again. You know, in a bad offense with right. a bad line, so he, he's a talented. As much of a workload as he's had in the past too. Right, he's right. Brita kind of cut into that a little bit. So I think he was one of those guys that you know people didn't understand the impact he had because he didn't really have any weak winners. Like that, he didn't win you any weeks. He just every week kind of did what he was supposed to do as an RB. He, he got a lot of volume, so that kind of buoyed some of his. Uh, some of his numbers, and, and if he got in the end zone, it was a pretty solid week. But it was 14. It wasn't, you know, yeah. 30. So. Yeah, it wasn't Alvin Kamara or Todd Gurley or Tom Or Stanley. anyone on Tom's roster, yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I, I was happy. Uh, you know, I, I bought him from you last off season, or maybe week one, yeah. uh, depending on what it was. And, and uh, I feel like I got the value out of him. And, and you know, now I trade. You know, traded him for uh, – Hopefully some cap flexibility, and, and uh, we'll go from there. So I thought that was a fairly fair deal. And I got Tariq Cohen, who I really like coming back, as obviously not a guy I'm depending on, but, no, but I thought that was a pretty sort good. of a lottery ticket kind of guy that, that definitely has shown enough to... Exactly. I think when you're making you. these deals and you know you're giving away the best player, the money is important, but those throwing guys end up having an effect. You know, it, He's not going to be a starting running back for you, Nick. Well, he might be because you have no money. Yeah, he might be. But... Um, <laughs> You know, if you're running back three or running back four can have weeks that win you the week, that's, you know, a nice thing to have for those bye weeks. And, you know, if he gets hot, maybe you trade him or maybe he ends up keeping value the way Chris Thompson and Alvin Kamara did. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But um, the blockbuster of the offseason. Yeah, we got to talk about this one. Occurred at Robbie O'Rock's wedding. Ralph might have had one or two many drinks when it went down, but I don't think it would have changed his opinion of it anyway. He sent uh, David Johnson. Was there another player from Ralph? Or just David Johnson? I'm almost positive it was just David Johnson. And he got in return, he got James Garoppolo and Alshon Jeffrey. And 40 draft dollars. And 40 draft dollars. So that was the whole, uh, the whole deal. The cap hit on Alshon Jeffrey and, and David Johnson is exactly the same. Yeah. So, you know, if let's just compare them because their numbers are similar. Okay. Um, Alshon probably has... A longer career arc, but you're not going to keep these guys past two or three years, so that's kind of irrelevant. But just receivers last longer. Correct. Um, he's kind of in an offense that shares the ball a lot, and this we didn't know this at the trade, but he, he just had surgery as well. Um, but he seems like he's in a pretty good position to be a, a good wide receiver too next year. I would say. Yeah, yeah. No, he he. Uh, the, the knock on him uh, is always been health. Right. It's never been uh, super talented. about production. You know, he he goes up and, and gets the ball, and he's a good red zone threat and. Uh, he stayed healthy, and 
He's got an offense that can get him the ball. He's, the offense know. is designed there. Obviously, Wentz liked him and, and Foles liked him enough. So I, I don't have a problem with Alshon necessarily being a piece coming back. He's a good player, and he's, uh, a, he's a good fantasy asset at this point. Right. He's a guy that I wouldn't like put Eric Rowe on if I was coaching <laughs> a team. But, you know, he's going to have some bad cornerback matchups, I'm sure, but it's not like the, the East besides, you know, uh, that dipshit, Josh Norman. It's not like they have these great... Co- I, don't, I guess they have Janoris, too. So he's got a couple bad matchups throughout the season, but yeah, yeah he'll be productive. Um, but comping that to DJ, you know, David Johnson obviously is the number one player in fantasy two years ago. I believe I heard a stat. I'm not sure if this is entirely accurate, but I believe he had like 40 more points than Todd Gurley had this year. I wouldn't be shocked because he had 80, 86 catches or whatever yeah. it was to augment everything else. So... I will say, as much as I am not, I, if I were Ralph, I would have kept David Johnson. I wouldn't wouldn't have thought twice about it. But you know, as an irrational romance with Jimmy Garoppolo, if it pans out, so be it. I mean, I thought BD was an idiot for taking Peyton Manning when he broke his neck, and you know, it ended up he threw sixty touchdowns the next year. So I don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is. So just focusing on DJ. As much as I didn't like the deal at first glance, and I still don't. Yeah, there's some questions around him. You know what I mean? He missed an entire season of football. Right. He's in a new – they have a new coach in Arizona. They do. They do uh, – uh, Steve Wilkes, I believe, is the guy's name. Okay. But, you know – Defensive coach. Maybe they look at the fact that, you know, one guy put them from a, a – well, I don't think their win-loss total changed that much either year. But, you know, they, they were really relying on one guy. And it's not like their offensive talent has improved. It's actually probably gotten worse. I don't know what their quarterback situation is, but they've lost all their receivers besides Fitz. Um, it – Carson Palmer, right? Is he? I think he retired. Did he not? If he didn't retired, uh, then then you know. I believe Carson any, Palmer. Any retired. team that has Carson Palmer in or formerly is in worst place. So <laughs> this is true. Um, well, you know. and you know they're in a division that looking at last year you were like, okay, Seattle's the team to beat, and Arizona is probably like the bubble team. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, the Rams are the team to beat, and Seattle's still probably going to be good. And San Francisco, San Francisco kind of like on, on the, the way on up, the right way. And Arizona has this really good defense, at least on paper. And that's it. Like they have David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and nobody else on offense. Oh, but you love John Brown. He's not. He's, he's out of contract. No, I, I th- yeah, right. I, yeah. I think they have two receivers under contract. Yeah, and I think it's like JJ Nelson and Fitz. I believe that's correct. Um, so so I don't I don't want to. I just want to say that I don't think. DJ is a no-brainer top three back next year. I think he probably is top five, and I'm not trying to knock DJ. I'm just saying that there's some question marks. You know, this could be a two years ago knock, or it could be, a, you know, I'm trying to think of a back who was in that situation. But you know what I mean? Somebody who just doesn't re- – is still really good, but doesn't reach the potential we yeah. associate with him. So I, I think – and I've been lower on DJ than most, I think, throughout his career. Uh, obviously – he was fantastic two seasons ago. Um, the real question I have is just the timing. Like, why? If you would have, you know, if Ralph would have sold him a year and a half ago, he got two hundred fifty dollars. He got two hundred fifty dollars and probably a flyer or two that could be on his roster now. So why make the deal now? Where, it, you know, it's tough to hold a guy in IR all year and then have the return kind of be like wide receiver too and well that's the question too is if you take out you know take out the money for a second and say okay i'm trading you know a guy who has top one ceiling uh for all of fantasy for alshon jeffrey and jimmy garoppolo how much money would need to be added to that to make it a fair deal certainly has to be a lot more than 40 i would think right you know and the keeper value is what it is. It's pretty much a wash. Obviously, Garoppolo is the X factor here. If he is as good as Ralph thinks he is, then sure, it might make some sense. And like you said, whole career. And, you know, yeah, and like you said, the shelf life is different for running backs too. So maybe he has him for another season or well, two. The the but. thing that I I was I didn't realize how expensive DJ was. So when he dealt DJ, I thought he was like five or eight dollars, not eighteen. So I felt a little bit better thinking, okay, well, Jimmy's gonna keep him at eighteen. He's if, if he's who we think he is, he's going to keep him at 27. But then at 41, it's going to come into question. Yep. But the worst case scenario is he has him for three years. So if Garoppolo is a thing, you know, Ralph could have him for 10 years. 
maybe not 10, I don't have to do the math, but uh, six, seven, eight years, whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, who's to say that Ralph can't stumble upon the next DJ? I mean, he got sure. him at $5 at some point, whatever. But, Understood. you know, the scarcity of running back obviously always throws me. So, oh, it's a. Uh, We'll have to see how it shakes out. My initial con- my initial opinion would be that Jimmy won that deal and he won it by quite a bit. I, I think so. I would concur with that. And it was just more frustrating because you know the- he was already in a pretty good position from an offseason because all he did was upgrade from you know from Devonta Freeman to DJ. So it's like if that deal went to you know somebody lower down the ladder, I probably wouldn't have been as frustrated. But I'm like, Christ, this guy who already has maybe a top five or eight running back in Jordan Howard, who already has a top three receiver, yeah. is now adding another top five running back. Well, the other question now for from Jimmy's perspective, too, is is there anything, can he get value back for um, Freeman and essentially pay for this trade for nothing? Right. So if he goes out and gets 40 bucks for Freeman, then, then Jimmy G and Alshon for David Johnson. Right, if you could do that Brian whole... Freeman. De facto thing, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, but that's really the upgrade and the trade off. Yeah. What will be interesting, I guess, the thing now that we're talking about the, the most interesting portion to me will be, and I'll ask you right now, who has more fantasy points this year, Devonta Freeman or David Johnson? I think it's David Johnson. I think he has more. I think it is too, but I, I'm curious. I think it might be kind of close. Yeah, I mean, I think Devonta Freeman's really good at football. I, I think he is too. And Steve Sarkeesian's I, really bad at coaching, and I don't know if he's still there. But yeah, he's still there. I think that's that's a big part of it, and I think that uh, um, Tevin Coleman uh, is still a factor. Yeah, you know. So I don't think like who's the next running back in Arizona? Is it Carl Williams? I think Adrian Peterson and Chris Johnson are both finally done. Yeah, so it must be Carl Williams. So you know, I, I don't know where that. Uh, kind of puts him. I think he's still the guy uh, for everything <laughs> for them. So I, I think it's obviously too early to tell that, but I would think that David Johnson would have more fancy points than Freeman. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are the kind of the big splashes so far. I, yeah. I think given some of the guys that are out and available, I don't know if we'll have a deal of that caliber, but I think we'll have probably a little bit of an active offseason as, as things get closer. So in looking at these rosters... What team do you think most needs to make a deal? I, my focus is always on the Billy approach, right? These teams with a lot of money, can they parlay that money into a multi-year cheap guy? Yeah. So I would look at somebody like BD and think, okay, he's got Kamara, he's got Hyde, he's got you know a little bit of cap space left. Can he go get a 2 or $3 guy from somebody for 80 bucks and really make it worth his while? Right. Um, and then it's – so it's, there's two sides. There's that side, and then there's the complete opposite side is that can – Tom or you or Gags scrape together five or six bucks to get some guy that nobody wants that ends up being a wide receiver too. And all of a sudden you got him. You know, there's going to be guys available. I'm not trying to push my own roster, but, you know, I'm going to be dumping guys like Sterling Shepard or Josh Doxson on the cheap just because I need the roster spots. And does somebody get one of them? I remember years ago, Billy and I made a deal where I I thought that Tom Brady would push me over the edge. And I think I might have gotten to the finals that year and lost, but. I made a deal for Tom Brady for some stud receiver that was on the cheap, and our throw-in was Demarius Thomas. Yeah, and he was like three bucks. And Billy was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm kind of torn up about the throw-in, and I just wanted Brady." And I'm like, "Well, you know, pick one of them and take him." He took Demarius Thomas, and the next year, Peyton Manning threw him a hundred touchdowns. Yeah, you know, right, right. So you know, can can the guys with less money go grab one of those guys, and can the guys with most with more money turn it into a long-term value as opposed sure. to one year? Go for it for sure. Who is there anybody that jumps out to you um, that needs to make a deal? I, I think Tom needs to make some sort of deal, one way or another. You think he should have more than Zach Ertz as a keeper? I think he should make a deal where he could trade uh, Matt Ryan for a boatload of money six months ago. But, yeah. you know, hindsight being what it is, seeing as how he started Blake Bortles in the championship game. Anyway. It just didn't matter. It didn't matter. So um, I, I think he's in a spot. And I think I think Odons might have to look into doing something too. Yeah. Um, you know, whether or not he decides that keeping Gronk is a prudent thing to do, um, maybe he makes a deal for kind of a, a guy that might be slightly overpriced but would help his roster that might not right. cost him a lot. So. Um, I think those are two two guys to look at that have not a ton of money, but they're not like you know scraping by either. So um, you know, and I think your roster situation is unique because, like you said, you have a lot of 
interesting guys and you love them all and you're going to have to make some decisions and I can keep them all that's for sure are you going to make a painful decision where it's like shit I got to move this guy and this guy but I'm getting you know more of a cornerstone type guy coming Yeah back. I'd certainly be you know I don't want to move a lot of money cuz I dealt with that last year not having money and trying to enter the season but if you know say the Devontas or the Alchons or somebody that's like 18 to $25 becomes available and somebody says, listen, I don't need a ton of money, but I need a couple of your wild cards. That's something I can see myself doing because I have the cap space. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't right. think like if, be you, if you believed in, in a Brandon Cooks, uh, right. you know, big step forward in year two in this offense. And, and I can take two young, cheap receivers and make it happen. And turn it into Brandon Cooks right. and all of a sudden you have, you know, you have Cooks and you have Noshawn Moreno and all these other <laughs> he's great making players. A great comeback. <laughs> Big comeback for Noshawn. Uh, he's never not going to be Noshawn Moreno. That might be my team name from now on, Noshawn Moreno. <laughs> I don't think you can beat that. So, All right. Well, I mean, I think we have a pretty good idea of uh, the state of the league today on March 6th. I think on that. March 6th, we're only about six months away from, uh, you know, opening day. The actual football. Off. So, but that's plenty of time for you to shape your rosters and, and, uh, you know, make some deals and, and kind of see what's going on. I mean, right now you see a lot of players being tagged, you know, uh, Le'Veon Bell got tagged and who knows where he's going to be. You know, I, I would love for some team to throw a first round pick at Pittsburgh and say, Hey, we'll take him and yeah. get him out of there. Uh, but, um, lots happening. You know, we got the combines in our rear view and, league year starts so we'll start seeing some more clarity and then we get the draft so you know this is this is a fun time of year you see a lot of roster construction in the nfl so why not in purgatory too yeah i'm looking forward to it and you'll you'll hear from us again uh if not before the draft probably just after to kind of talk about where things ended up what the nfl offseason looks like and how it'll impact our league and we look forward to talking to you guys then and we bid you adieu this is fun let's do it again all right sounds good man see ya